0: Hello, everybody. Hi, this is Tom with the Ramble Redhead Show and we're live on Pride48.com. Hello. Hi there. Hello. <laughs> Hi. Can you hear me? Can you hear me? Hello? Hello, hello, hello. 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 All right. Well, hopefully you guys can hear me in the chatty room or if you're listening to the show Later. You know, you can listen to it later on the pride48.com and do the Hit it for David. Can you hear me? Hello, and I'm going to type now. Can you hear me? Hello, 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 hello. Okay, so anyway, um, I thought I would do my little shoe. Um and I just want to let you know about some things that happened. I told y'all last week about uh, how I'm going to have a another injection in the back. Um and I just wanted to tell you that happened on Thursday. And uh my very very dear friend Laura who's been on the program before. Um because Roger had a lot of stuff going on at work, so um I asked her since she's not working at the bump if she would be my uh chauffeur and so she said, "Yeah, yes." And um, rude. And uh, David, that blue jeans guy, just wrote, "I can hear you, unfortunately." Rude, rude, rude. You can leave, sir. And uh, and so anyway, um, I uh, got a hold of her and I said, "Hey, how about you get together and you uh, come over and we have uh, we go out to lunch?" Um, since she was going to be my taxi service and uh first she said she was getting a, a new bed delivered and uh, so she didn't know what time they were going to be uh stopping by and so she was like a little worried that she might not be able to do it but they end up delivering a little bit earlier and the sad thing is that see one of the things that's probably the most frustrating thing is that when you're buying anything and obviously if you're buying something like a bed you want to make sure that it's the best um you know best thing for you and you're going to be happy with it because number one you're making an investment into that kind of thing and the last thing you want to do is get it delivered and have it be all wrong well what happened was she had bought the bed and then it got delivered and then uh when she she laid on it she said oh my god this is hard as a rock it's like this is horrible and so they weren't very happy so they they got the bed on thursday and then I think Friday they called them and said they want to take it back. So it was not good. So that's not good. Okay. Um, anyway. Um, and, uh, oh, okay, here we go. Well, well anyway, um, David said, if he leaves, you'll have no audience. And I said, just like your show. <laughs> okay. Anyway. So, um, anyway. So anyway, so she came over um, on Thursday and then she picked me up and we went to lunch and we went to Cheddar's and I don't know if you all have Cheddar's in your area but basically it's uh, a family style restaurant and uh, the prices are pretty reasonable but the thing is that as I've been to several of them now that the quality of the food and the temperature of the food sometimes have been less than desired um but the thing is that i love about my friend laura is that see what she does she goes oh look at this and then she'll see something like an appetizer and then what she'll do is say let's order that and so she'll order it and then she'll take like two bites and then she then she looks at me and goes oh you can have all the rest and i'm like what and then we'd order our entree and, then, and the thing is to that day we they have a thing for lunch where you get like a pick two where you get like a half a sandwich and a bowl of soup and or a salad and so what she wanted to do is she wanted to get uh, half a sandwich which is the Monte Carlo which is the perfectly fine healthy sandwich and what it is is that they they take a sandwich and then they um, they put like a breading or well, I forgot what the color but they, they I can't remember what it's called but they put it over the bread and then they fry the damn thing and then they give you this raspberry dipping toss. and I can't remember what it's called but it's like it's the most it looks terrible Fox. but it's not something I like but anyway um, so she got that well instead of getting the the lunch special the server gave her like the lunch you know the lunch portion so she brought out the sandwich and then she thought that she was subbing her salad for it and uh, so she brought that out and then she ordered an appetizer then they also have these amazing croissant rolls they're very delicious and they have like a honey butter on the top of them and they're really really good and i really, really like them and i was trying to talk her into getting those instead of the appetizers that she ordered and the next thing you know she's like oh let's just order both and I'm like, what? And then, so then I ordered my half a sandwich and some soup. And the Monte Cristo, that's what it's called, a Monte Cristo. Not Monte Carlo, Monte Cristo. See, I don't know. I don't like those kind of things. But anyway, so it's a Monte Cristo. See, unless, see I'll, I'll just Google it right now. Monte Crisco, <laughs> Crisco. that's what it said. Okay, then what it is, it's a fried ham and cheese sandwich, a very inch. Of a French slang, American cookbooks have recipes for this sandwich, under the name of French sandwich. And so, if you look at it, it's um, it looks kind of gross. And oh my God, Monte Cristo has a Twitter. Oh my God, it's a Twitter account. Okay, and let's see. It all started back in the nineteen thirties and sixties. Americans cookbooks had the recipe for the sandwich, but. Uh, it's, it's, okay, here we go. This is what it is. Just so that you know, let's go. The sandwich is savory rather than sweet. Traditionally, it's dipped entirely in egg batter and then pan-fried, but it may also be deep-fried. And the regional variations. Oh my God, it might have turkey. Oh my God, very really scary. And in some areas of the United States, it's served grilled. In others, as an open sandwich, where the bread battered and the assembled sandwich heated slightly under a grill or a broiler. In the south, of course, what they do in the south is they batter, dip it, and deep fry. yeah And then it's also covered in powdered sugar, and it's served with pizzoives. So that's basically what it is. So it's, it's, If I said Monte Carlo, I was thinking of a place I'm going to travel. Okay. Anyway, but it's Monte Cristo. But there you go. So that's an exciting six minutes of my show. Talking about the sandwich. Okay, isn't that exciting? Can you tell how much I have to talk about tonight? <laughs> okay. So then I ordered the club and a and a lovely potato soup, and it was it was good. And and then we made our lovely drive over to the lovely clinic where I went in. And I have to tell you folks, this is this is really a funny story. I don't even think I told Roger this story. Um, but it was quite hilarious um, because, you know, as you normally do, you go into the to the the doctor and then you check in and see Laura was with me. And uh, and they said, well, are you with somebody? And I said, yes, this is my friend, Laura, and she's my chauffeur. And they said, OK. And so what happened is, you know, then I get called and Laura came with me. And so we're sitting at the counter and they're filling all the paperwork. They're reviewing all the um, you know, the, the, what was going to be done today. And then I also had to sign a form that allowed her to know what was going on, you know, in case something would happen and that she had to be, she was my go-to person. So I had to put her name on the form. And as we're sitting there at the counter, I mean, at the, this desk, um, and there's like three little cubicles, Okay, so we're in the center one, and there's this woman, and she's very nice, and she comes down, and she sits down, and we start talking, and, and she said, okay, well, Thomas, we need to fill out all these forms, and you know, sign my life away, and then the next thing you know, um, I look over on the counter, or right by, not her counter, but on the monitor, there is a little silver cat, and uh, and so what happened was Laura's sitting on the other chair, so she has to reach way over to um to you know touch it or anything and i said and i looked at her and the woman had not come back to the table yet but the thing is where we were sitting and with the way the cubicles were set up we couldn't see if anybody else was in the cubicles uh that were next to us and so what happened was i'm sitting there and all of a sudden i look at laura and i said don't you dare touch that woman's kitty you don't know where it's been. And we just kept going and said, I'm going to say, I'm gonna touch it. I'm going to touch it. Don't touch it. Don't touch it. Don't touch that kitty. And uh, and so we're just getting kind of dirty. And then all of a sudden, the the woman comes up and she goes, hey, hi, are you? And my name is blah, blah, blah. And I'm going to be helping you out. And and I said, she tried to touch your kitty. And and then the woman goes, oh, no, she didn't. And I said, yes, she did. She tried to touch your kitty. And, uh, and then Laura's like laughing. I'm laughing. And then all of a sudden out of nowhere, we hear this this guy laughing in the very next cubicle. And he is laughing hysterically. And um, and then I, I actually, I had to look. So I got up and looked and it was this very handsome, young African-American man. And he was adorable. And he was laughing his ass off because we kept saying kitty. And it's don't be touching that kitty. Oh my God, it's a big kitty. you going to touch that big kitty. And we just, we just kept going on and on. And, uh, and then the woman was like, Are you you sure you two aren't a couple? You know, because Laura and I were... We've been best friends for like 20-some years. And so it was really, really, really hilarious. Oh, my God. We got more people. Hi, Mags and Mib. We have a Mib. Hi, Mib. And uh, so change your name to Slash Nick. And uh, you can change your name. Hi, Mags. And uh, so anyway, so we're just going on and on about the, the kitty comment. And he is just laughing. He's like his hysterical laughing, and, and so it was a lot of fun. So we kept, every few minutes, we kept saying, don't touch the kitty, don't touch the kitty, you know, and then the next day, no, we are filling out the paper. All of a sudden, um, I had my engagement ring on, and I said, uh, and I asked the lady, is it okay if I have this, or do I need to give it to her? And she goes, she said, well, what is that? And I said, well, what's my engagement ring? And she goes, oh, well, when, when, um, when is the big day? And I said, well, we're still in the beginning stages. We haven't decided yet. And all of a sudden, Laura says, yeah, he asked me to marry me, but now he's marrying somebody else, and the woman goes, what, and she's like, what happened, and he goes, oh, yeah, a couple of years ago, we went to the fair, and we were looking, walking around, and all of a sudden, I saw these rings, and, and I wanted one, and this all really happened, folks, so we're at the fair, and we're just, you know, killing time, when we're going through all the commercial buildings, and all of a sudden, there's this uh, jewelry, and they had all these rings, and they looked like real, you know, like diamond rings, but they, of course they're cheap, cheap, cheap. And so all of a sudden Laura is at the time and she's like, she says, she says, you got buy me a ring now. And I'm like, what? No, I'm not buying you a dumb ring. That's going to not even last oh, two days and it's going to turn your finger green and, and all this stuff. She goes, no, you got to buy me a ring now. I'm, yeah, We're going to engage." And then, so then the next scene, you know, we're, we're standing there and I'm looking at the rings and I said, well, pick one out if you want a damn ring. So she picks one out and she's like putting it on and it fits perfectly. And she goes, oh my God, it's amazing. And these two young girls, teenage girls walk by and she's like, girls, look, he asked me to marry him and we're going to get married. Oh my God. And, and, the, and she goes, oh, wow, that's so exciting. And then we we were like, and she goes, "Oh, are you take a picture!" So we got the girls to take a picture of us with the ring, and it was like, so we were just going way over the top, crazy. And uh, so what happened was, Laura was telling the woman at this clinic all about it and then she goes yeah and then after we walked around the fair you know the park and the the fair and then we got on the ferris wheel and i told him that i had to call his mom and so i got on the phone and i called his mom and told him that we're gonna get married and and then after she talks to my mom for like 10 minutes she's going on oh yeah linda i cannot wait to be your daughter-in-law and you know you're so sweet and i can't wait for us to get married and we're gonna have a house and we're gonna have the 2.5 kids and the dog and the cat and oh my god it's gonna be amazing and you know we're gonna live together forever and ever and we'll be like you two and be married for a long long time and my mom goes tells the says, can i talk to tom now and then i get on the phone and mom goes what the hell So that was really funny. So so Laura is telling this complete stranger this whole entire story. And then she goes, yeah, now he's in love with someone else. And he doesn't want to marry me now. And it's just awful. And he's just, you know, and I'm like looking at her like, what are you doing all that stuff? And so... um and, uh, so anyway, so it was just crazy. And so the lady's like, seriously, that's what happened? Oh my God. Why are you still friends with him? If he broke up with you, he said, oh, because I love him. He's my best friend, you know, blah, blah, blah. And then all of a sudden, and then the guys over there, and then I said, and I looked at her, my friend Laura and I said, don't you want to touch your kitty again? Yeah, no, I can't touch your kitty. So we just kept going on and on and it was just crazy, but it was so much fun. And then I was feeling a little like, what the hell? Because normally I'm the one that's embarrassing. Laura, putting Laura on the spot, this time she was putting me on the spot, and I was always nervous as hell, because I'm getting another steroid injection in my back, in case, for those of you missed it, I'm, and this is at the clinic where I'm getting a steroid injection number two in my back, so then finally, you know, we calmed down, and then the thing was funny is that then we get up, and she goes, well, okay, go have a seat, and then uh, we'll be calling you in momentarily, and then Laura, because see, this last few weeks, um, I have not Um, Washed my vehicle because it's just been awful and i'm procrastinating when it comes to uh cleaning the vehicle so while i was sitting there laura goes give me your keys i'm like okay why and she goes i'm gonna go get your car washed because your car is filthy and i went okay because i've been back to work and i've been driving all over and the you know we've had the lovely winter weather and so she says she's gonna take the keys and she went and got a car washed. And I was like, wow, that's nice of you. And then no more than two seconds after she left, though the one tech comes and goes, "Tabus," and I'm like, yes. And I said, she goes, come on back. And so then I had to go to the, you know, then I go to the other room. And then the thing is that this place is very thorough because when you check in, they ask you a bunch of questions. When you talk to that one lady, she asks all the same questions. And, and then I get to the third area, which is where they take you before you have the procedure done and they were asking all the same questions again you know about are you diabetic you know are you on any blood thinners and all this stuff because i guess if you are and you have this procedure done um it can really mess up your blood sugars and your all that good stuff so you don't want to be you know having all these problems but and then they kept you know like when you get checked into the hospital and they give you a little arm band thingy the wristband thing well they put it on and every time someone came up to me they kept saying are you thomas are you thomas and they kept looking at the the wristband to make sure that it was me and then they had all these stickers with all the the name my, all my name on it and they i guess they put it on everything that they touch you know so that they keep everything straight and oh we have a new person sigma Wolf. hi sigma Wolf. how are you I, have, I don't know who you are, but welcome, and uh, who are you, where are you from, what do you do, and please type in the chat room if you like, and I'd love to hear more about you. Okay, all right, back to my story. So then, then I had to get un- un- undressed and get into that lovely, lovely, um, you know, the hospital gown that's so much fun, and, uh, and all I could have on was my underpants, and then I had to put that stuff on. And so I wasn't doing any moon river. Moon river. Anyway, so, okay, we have, um, oh, we have no no, no more people. Oh, my God. live live in Indy at the moment. Hello. Well, thank you. And don't forget your two-drink minimum. (laughs) Okay. Um, uh, Also, anyway, back to the start. And then, so I'm sitting there, and I'm sweating. And the other thing is, they always take your blood pressure they take your, check your ox- oxygen, and they check your pulse. Well, my blood pressure was perfect, and my pulse was 99. So I was just a little nervous, just a little, but I wasn't as nervous as the first time because the first time I was, like, really bad, but um, but my heart rate was good. The pulse was a little high, and, uh, and then they said, okay, we're going to take you back now, and uh, so I went back in the room, and then they have you lie on this table, and the only thing that different from this time versus the last time is that the doctor and I don't know if he didn't do it this person. I mean, I don't know because I didn't feel it. But normally, what he did before is he okay, you're gonna feel a sensation down your, your your nerve of your leg from your butt all the way down to your foot. And it was very like hey yo. I mean, it was very like kind of like a shock when he. I mean, he said he gave me a little bit of warning, but it's kind of like okay, you're gonna feel this. You know, I didn't have much time to go, okay, he said I was going to feel something. And all of a sudden it was like, but this time he didn't do it. And he goes, okay, you're going to feel a little pressure. And then the next thing you know, he, he put the needle in or whatever the, you know, obviously in, and then, but the thing is the pressure felt, it lasted a lot longer. And then he goes, okay, we're going to do it again. And then he did the other one and he goes, okay, you're done, Thomas. And then they get you out of the table and then they throw you in a wheelchair, and then they wheel you down the other end in the recovery area. And um, so I'm sitting there, and then they take your heart, your blood pressure, and your heart rate. And guess what, folks? I went. My heart rate went down a whopping six points. So it was real exciting. And so anyway, so it was. Um, it was really so much fun. And uh, so. It was, it was really a lot of fun. It was, it was really not fun at all. But um, see, the thing I was worried the most about is, again, as I told you before on the last episode, is the side effects can be rather uh, a lot of fun. Uh, you can have hot and cold flashes. You have anxiety. You're very hyper. And for those like Sigma, if you don't know who I am, I can be a little hyper, okay? <laughs> no. Okay, so anyway, when I got my first injection, I was like, <laughs> and I was just really, very, very hyper, really anxiety, really like, <sighs> and the other thing is it, it makes you really, really hungry, and uh, like, there'd be times I'd eat a meal, and like an hour later, I felt like I hadn't eaten anything, it was like, my stomach was just like, completely empty, and I was like, food, I need food. And in fact, uh, on one of the days, I had, we had some potato chips here with some chip dip. And Roger had maybe taken like a little bit, like maybe an ounce out of the chip dip. And the next thing you know, I ate the whole fucking thing, a chip dip with the chips. And I was like, almost ate the whole, I mean, it's not a big bag, but it was like, I was like, oh, oh, sorry, hit the microphone. (laughs) But anyway, I was just like, oh my God. So I was really, 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 really stressing out. About um, the side effects. And so I called my new doctor. I have a new general doctor. And I called and I begged and I pleaded with the nurse. Uh, to see if they could possibly give me something. And uh, well they called back and they said they would. And so they gave me some Xanax. Now I've never taken Xanax before. But uh, but the thing is I took one of those. When I started because I was noticing the heart rate was like. boom, boom, boom And I was just like. Ah. So I. I um, took that and then as I got closer to bedtime I did take an Ambien and let's uh, say folks I thought I was really worried because you know, I was starting to feel a little <clears throat> and so I was really afraid that I wasn't going to sleep but because I took those two I started to mellow out oh, man and uh, and then I took the Ambien and I went to bed like normal and I, I took Friday off because I was worried that you know, the side effects might be bad, and I wouldn't be able to sleep, and I wouldn't be able to drive, and I wouldn't be able to go to work, and all that good stuff. Who would have thought? Really? Um, shocking. Really? Who would have thought? Um, anyway, I don't know what you guys are talking about there, but anyway, so who would have thought I'm hyper? Okay, so anyway, so I the next day, I, I was... See, the weird thing is, the very next day is I felt really kind of, I mean, very tired and very, like, I just felt... It was off a little bit, but it wasn't like as bad as it was before. Because the the first time I got the injection, I was having hot and cold flushes right away, um, and then I got hyper as the night went on. Again, like I said, and then the eating—I just constantly wanted to eat and eat and eat and eat. And this time was you know a little bit like that, but it wasn't as bad. So that was good. And then basically this weekend was it was a beautiful weather-wise. It was like in the—it was very warm and the sunny. But Roger and I just did stuff around the house, of course. What do we do when it's fucking blizzard? We want to go outside, but when it's nice out, we're like, because I just I would just felt kind of like, you know, kind of tired from the whole shit. So I just felt kind of like I I don't want to go anywhere. I don't want to do anything. So we were pretty much lazy slobs. We or we did stuff around the house, but uh, I just basically was taking it easy and uh, just trying to recover because I you know the other thing is that. You know, they said you don't take baths. You don't want to take a shower right away uh, because you don't want to mess up the the wound or the in the area of the penetration of the needle. And uh, so anyway, so that's what happened. So this weekend was just kind of sort of lazy. And uh, and uh, and so basically and see, the thing was a year ago today or this weekend, um, I was in Chicago doing the Hustle Up the Hancock. And so I was really bummed that this year I'm not going to be able to do that. Uh, for those who don't know, what that was is that you climb 94 floors of the Hancock building. And uh, unfortunately, um, I'm, I didn't feel that I was ready for it. And so I'm not doing it this year, which is next weekend. And so I tried to contact them to let them know that I can't do it. And I was trying to see if I could... Uh, you know, get anybody else in Chicago that could do it, but unfortunately, it didn't work out. And I don't know if you all watched The um, Biggest Loser, uh, but there was one contestant. His name was Bobby, and he was a lawyer. And a couple of years ago, he was on The Biggest Loser, and he had came out um, as a homosexual. And that's the episode uh, when Bob Harper actually publicly came out um, on the show as well. And uh, and so I, I I I became friends with him on Facebook. And so I talked with them a little while ago, and uh, I and I haven't posted that show yet, but I will. But I emailed them, and I said, hey, do you want to do the Hustle Up the Hancock for me? And he goes, no, I can't. I'm going to be in D.C. So I was hoping maybe I could just transfer my, um, my uh, registration to him, and then he could do it. Because he said when we talked on the show that he wanted to do it. And so I was hoping maybe he could, but... It didn't happen. And then someone, they had to have somebody to be able to do it by today. And so I didn't know anybody else who could do it. So Sigma Wolf says, what type of injections are we talking about? Not talking dirty. Um Well, I had a um, steroid injection. It's called an epidural steroid injection in my back. Um, I hurt my uh, back back in the middle of November. And then I ended up getting a pinched nerve in my left leg, which was extremely painful if you don't know but if you do me a favor if you get a chance later if you should uh type in epidural steroid injection and there's a um it's like spine something the website is spine something but you can actually see a little animation a video and it goes into the description about the the actual injection it's quite fascinating um and uh and so so far um i've been doing really good. Um, I haven't had any more of the weird sensation in my left leg every now and then I have a little aching going on, but I don't know if that's from, cause like the one night I, I laid wrong and my shoulder, my right shoulder was really hurting. And then the next day my legs were really hurting. So I don't know if I was having some crazy vivid dreams and I was running or something or doing something, but I must've did something with my, my legs. And so it just felt really weird. And then I took one of my, uh muscle relaxer kind of thing. And I took that last night and my legs felt a lot better today. So I'm hoping that uh, that this is now behind me and that I can get back to normal and all that good stuff. So it'll be good. Oh my God, we got the good humor penguin. Hello, good humor penguin. And uh, so anyway, so we're doing, so things are going good. So things are much more better. So yay. And then, uh, also this weekend, um, Roger and I did a lot of DVR cleaning. We watched a lot of shows. Um, if you're not watching The Better Call Saul, we love that show. It's on season two. It's on the uh, AMC. And uh, if you haven't watched the first season, it's on Netflix, if you have it, And that's uh, really good. And I've also been watching, we've been watching Downton Abbey. And um, uh, the last episode of Downton Abbey was this Sunday, as far as the regular shows. And then the next One on March 6th will be the Christmas one, which is always weird watching a Christmas episode in March. Okay. (laughs) But but that's the way that uh, the U.S. uh, PBS stations do it. They wait until after the British version is – I mean it's been posted there and then they show it here. But it was like eight or nine episodes, and it was really... The last episode we just watched was really good. It was about an hour and a half, and it was really, really good. There's only one part of it that kind of pissed me off that... Because you know when you watch a certain show, and you can tell that they kind of fast-forward a certain storyline, and and they dragged it out for like four episodes, and then all of a sudden in this episode, they're like... And they were just really, really fast. And it was kind of it was kind of insulting as if you were a viewer. It kinda of pissed me off because I, I said, honestly, do you think that the people then would have you know, would have let that happen that quickly? No, it would not have happened that quickly. So I just felt that was rushed and it was stupid. Um, but they could have handled that a whole lot better. Um, so I just thought that was really kind of insulting. And then there's another show that's on after um Downton Abbey in our area. It's called Mercy Street. Uh, which is a, a civil war drama. Which um, I, I have to say, it's only like five, six episodes. But I have to say, I have watched it. I'm only I'm, I got two episodes left. Um, this last Sunday was a, the finale as well. Um, but it is already available for DVD if you want to watch it, or if you have access to DVR um, on demand and you can get it. I, I would recommend it. It has a lot of people, including the. It has the gentleman. I can't think of his real name, but he was in How I Met Your Mother. Um, the dark haired dude. I don't know what his name, like, but uh, let's see. Um, good Humored penguin says I'm going to go visit the animals at the LA Zoo on Friday with my neighbors and friends. Yay! Well, I hope you have a great time. And uh, Toppy Smelly, oh Toppy Smelly's here. Hi, Toppy Smelly. And uh, he says, "Watch out for the poo slinging monkeys, penguin." Yeah, you know you gotta be careful at the zoo. You gotta be careful. Because um, I've, I've been there's a couple times I've been to the zoo where the monkeys were throwing things and animals were having sex right in the middle of the you know thing and it's like can't they get a room <laughs> I guess they can't okay so anyway hello toppy. and uh, so anyway so one other thing is I did want to talk about and this is something I have to say folks I've been I've been a bad bad homosexual. I haven't been reading all this stuff. But I wanted to tell you a couple of things that I read recently that really are like, Bleh! and it, it just really is kind of shocking, because as you know, with the United States and uh, same-sex marriage, of course, passed you know last year, and the thing is that I did I had no idea that this much shit was going on, but and I just wanted to read a little bit because normally, um, I read this stuff, but you know, normally I'm not a big fan of the HRC. I don't like their you know, they want constantly begging for money, and then they say, oh, we're doing this for you, we're doing this for you, and by the way, we have this beautiful building in Washington, D.C., and it's really big, and and blah, 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 but we really care about you, so please send us money, please send us money, please send us money, please send us money, and, uh, well, anyway, I found out recently uh, that, and this really, really floored me right now, but I just want to tell you that, in case you don't know, I'm going to read a little bit from the HRC website, but you can read this too, um, It's basically a legislative document. And one of the things that floors me, it says, uh, state lawmakers introduced more than 115 anti-LGBT bills in 2015. The largest number of these bills were aimed to authorize individuals, businesses, and taxpayer-funded agencies to cite religion as a reason to refuse goods or services to LGBT people. Other than anti-LGBT um, bills sought to restrict access to bathrooms by transgender people and eliminate the, bil- the ability of local governments to protect LGBT residents and visitors. It's important to underscore that many of these bills have negative consequences for other groups of people. So there's over 115 that were introduced in, 100 anti-LGBT bills introduced in 2015. And the thing is that they've all rolled over into this year. So the thing is that they may be talked about. They're in the planning stages. But the thing is that there's all these different bills. And I did not realize the extent of them. A lot of them are like the RFRA, like they had in Indiana. Um, There's like religious refusals. Um, There's also a lot of anti-transgendered. And there's also um, promoting conversion therapy. You know, I'm like, is this 1950 or 2016? So it really... It really, really is shocking. And one of the things that I wanted to read about too, and I'll get into it. But lately, this is just recently, as of February the twenty-first, according to the Advocate dot com, uh, they had a um, an article about how a basically a religious, well, basically what it's called is called as the First Amendment Defense Act, and it's in Georgia, and the House Bill number was seven fifty-seven. And basically, what happened was this basically went through um, very. Uh, very easily um, on Friday, a vote of 38 to 14. And basically it's expected to, is now going to go to the House, which an earlier version of the measure passed, you know, sailed through. And then uh, there's also a Republican governor in the state of Georgia. And more than likely, he's going to sign it into a law. So the reason I want to read this to you was that there's a company called um, 373K Incorporated. And they sent a tweet out on the 19th and it says that we're very saddened by the Georgia Senate, which passed the HB 757, also known as FADA. And they wrote, it's time to relocate. So basically they're talking about leaving. Now, the key thing that I think is very, very interesting about this is in case you don't know, there are tons of huge, I'm talking huge uh, companies such as Coca-Cola, cable news network. Home Depot, UPS, United Parcel Service, Delta Airlines, and Aflac, they're all based out of the state of Georgia. So can you imagine if all these big companies, so what I'd like for you to do, if you really give a shit about the LGBT community, if you do, which you should, and more likely if you're listening to the show, you more than likely are, and if you're an advocate, you're an ally um, of our community, we need your help, just like we have with everything else that's like this issue, but we need you to do me a favor. If you can send tweets out to Coke and Cable News Network, Home Depot, UPS, Delta, and say, hey, what are you going to do about this? You know, what do you think about this? And just constantly just bombard the crap out of it and any other company that is out of Georgia um, to let them know. And then hopefully the almighty daughter, Dalla, just like it did in Indiana, because as you may remember, the lovely Governor Mike Pence the douchebag governor of indiana and he basically signed an rfra last year and he had companies like Self force um apple eli Lilly, the nba the ncaa the nascar and more including a bunch of celebrities like miley cyrus stephen king audrey mcdonald bill maher ashton kushur and all these other people um were basically saying hey we're we're speaking out against the law And so I just want to let you know that I I just thought that that was really, um, you know, out there. That's really interesting. And the thing is that the state of Indiana, according to several different groups, um, say that the state probably lost over $60 million in business. So just imagine if you got Coca-Cola and UPS and Delta all saying, hey, we're going to get out of the state if that's how you're going to be because we're very pro- uh, GLBT. So that's just a couple examples of some of the shit that's going on. So I mean, it's just really, really incredible. So basically, um, now there. Now I want to, you know, add this as well is that there's some pro equality efforts in 2015 that happen. Um, like for example, there's protections against anti LGBT discrimination, employment, and housing in Utah. Uh, protections against bullying in youth and schools in Nevada. Uh, there was protections on so-called conversion therapy in youth in Illinois and Oregon. Um, they also had uh, simplified processes for changing gender markers on essentially identified documents in Hawaii and Maryland. And then also there was a repeal of unconstitutional ban on adoption for gay and lesbian couples in Florida. So those are some of the good things that happened that were very pro-equality, which is good. We need to see more of that. But the thing is that there's a lot of negative stuff that's out there. So it's really you know, kind of, kind of sad. There's a, and and the other thing is that they're listing all the different sessions and what states are doing what. So it's really important that if you're in one of these states, I mean, the list is quite long of all these different. And the thing is that if you're having something like that in your state, and you need to get educated. You need to get, do your homework and you need to get involved and you need to start emailing, writing, calling, whatever you can to let your people know, your legislative people your representatives um, know how you feel. Now, there's some states that don't have anything, which is good. So but the thing is, you really, really, really need to get get busy. So I was sending out tweets. I was doing phone calls. I was sending emails out. I was giving money to organizations that were helping our cause. And so I I just wanted to say that you really, 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 really need to get involved if you really give a hootie patootie. Now, the other thing is, of course, like with a lot of the Republicans, like with Trump, Rubio, Cruz, all these top three knuckleheads are saying very anti-gay things that they want to repeal the same-sex marriage, and they're going to do whatever they can if they are elected. And so, we need to keep keep going here. So it's really, 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 really important. Okay. Now, um, oh, and now I'm reading something about pr- more pro-equality stuff. Um, these are actually state campaigns that are going on in the state uh, in the year of this year, 2016. And uh, what I'm going to do is read some of these, in case you don't know. These campaigns are to amend existing anti-discrimination laws to protect against discrimination on the basis of sexual orientation, gender identity in many states, including Arizona, Florida, Idaho, Indiana, Michigan, Nebraska, Ohio, and Pennsylvania. In Massachusetts, lawmakers will continue to try to pass a bill to add gender identity protections for existing state laws that are already included protections against discrimination on the basis of sexual orientation in public accommodations. There's also a similar proposal in New York is not expected to advance in the current legislative session. Um, Then there's advocates in Georgia and a handful of other states are working to pass more limited protections against discrimination. And uh, and also it says in states where there's a pro equality legislative majorities and existing state level protections against anti LGBT discrimination, we expect to see an increase of folks bills addressing bullying, protecting youth from so-called conversion therapy, and uh, you know and all this stuff. So the thing is, folks, that you know, in case you thought that hey, we got same sex marriage, we're all good, we don't have to worry about anything else. Well, folks, you can see right here with all what I'm reading to you. That there is a shitload more we gotta do, and this is not gonna stop with these Republicans and you know all these anti-gay people. Um, it, it's it's gonna happen. It's gonna continue. So we need to be more stronger than ever. So um, it's really, 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 really important to get involved. Okay. All right. Um. So let me uh, check something here real quick. So uh oh oh. Okay. Oh, did we lose the strip? Okay, I hope not. La la la. I'm here. Okay. So anyway, so there's a lot of sh- stuff going on. It's scary stuff. Okay. Um. Blah, 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 blah. um okay. There's a bunch of other. Th- okay, that's the last of that thing. So I just wanted. I just wanted to talk about that because I thought that was very interesting. But if you do want to read more um about it just go to the hrc um website and uh and there's a link that you can see and it talks about all the legislative legislative, legislative stuff that's going on see i can't talk uh, okay now the other thing i wanted to talk about and I, i'm, I'm going to talk about it briefly um because i i don't want to get into detail i don't want to go on and on and i don't know if i already i don't think i talked about this but see a little while ago with the lovely and if David and Toppy, if, if I did talk about this last week, just tell me. But, um, 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 but what happened was recently, as many of you know, on the Facebooks, um, I lost the name of Ramble Redhead and I had to put it under my real name. And uh, and then I had my personal in my real name a while ago. And so what happened was, uh, you know, I have a couple of cousins. Did I tell you this guy's story? But I have a couple of cousins who have added from my personal page to the Ramble, formerly known as Ramble Redhead under my real name. And so they added themselves. And then I posted an article about a certain somebody who is a politician who I don't even know if he's still in the race. He's a douchebag. And it's Ben Carson. And I called him an a-hole. And uh, so what happened was is that he, um, my cousin, uh, got all hot and bothered and uh And so he was basically doing this very religious crap and he was going on and on and on and on and on and on and on. And 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 so we were going back and forth. And of course, I realized very quickly that there's nothing I can do or say that's going to change his mind and nothing he's going to say is going to change my mind. So basically what I did is I I just told him, I guess we have to agree to disagree. And basically after he called me uh, a bunch of things that I decided that uh, I'm not going to deal with him anymore. And so I just unfriended him. And basically, that's that. So I think I probably told you that story already. Now that I'm telling the story, I think I already did because I feel like I, this is deja vu. Okay, that's all I'm saying. But um, oh, Toppy just said no. I don't think he talked about. It. But anyway, in the discussion as we were talking back and forth on Facebook Messenger, he was writing like all this stuff, like comparing um, you know gay people to pedophiles and bestiality, and he goes, oh, you gotta you know hate the hate the sin, but love the sinner, and, and, oh, now Toppy right? oh, well, maybe, see, Toppy, yeah. but anyway, so it was, it was just really, really sad, it was disappointing, and I was very really frustrated, because I've been constantly supporting him, my cousin, um, when, you know, when he got married, and when he had kids, and, you know, I was always very helpful and supportive to him, and, you know, and so every time I saw him, you know, I'd be talking to him, you know, and really trying to you know, let him know that, hey, I do care about you. I wish you all the best and blah, blah, blah. And I even wrote all that in the emails or messages back and forth to him. And he was just basically, you know, writing negative, nasty, horrible stuff. And so I totally get about how there's some people out there who are very anti-religion. And I get it if you have people like that talking to you. But I know that there's a lot of people just like on both sides of the fence. There are people on both sides of the fence that, you know, either one extreme or the other, and there's a lot of people that are all of us in the middle. And so I get it. I understand it. But it was just really disheartening because I've constantly, like I said, supporting him. I went to his wedding, you know, i you know, all this stuff. So it just really kind of makes me sad that he's going to be, have such a narrow mind on that. And, you know, and so I just kind of have to, you know, agree to de- agree to disagree. And then the other day, like I was really hesitant about talking about it to my father but I did. I talked to him and, and I just told him, I told, I said, dad, I just want to give you the heads up. This is what happened. You know, I don't want, I don't want you to be blindsided. So I told him the whole story and he goes, well, Tom, you know, you understand that he's religious and, and blah, blah, blah. And I said, yeah, dad, I get it. And, and, you know, but I'm not going to back down. I'm not going to let him belittle me. I'm not going to let him insult me. And I'm going to stand up for myself. And I said, if he says anything, or if I see him, and another family gets together, I'll say hello to him, but I'm not going to get in his face. I'm not going to be nasty. But if he gets in mine, you bet, you better goddamn believe it that I'm going to get in his face. So if he wants to be a dick, I can be a dick right back to him. And uh, that's all I'm saying. So, and, you know, so we had a very long talk and see, normally that conversation would have been with my mom, not with my dad. And so, um, it was, it was like one of the first times that we've had like a, you know, conversation about this kind of serious stuff. And uh, and I was I would say I was a little, you know, a little concerned about talking to him about it, but I did. And we got, you know, got through it. And he goes, you know, Tom, you know, you know, we may not understand everything about everyone else, but the thing is, we just, it's family. And the thing is that, Tom, the number one thing is that I love you. You're my son. And uh, no matter what, no matter what anybody says, you know, I'm here for you. I love you. And uh, I'm so happy that you have Roger in your life and that you're going to get married and Um, and you know, I'm really happy that you have that in your life. And, and I said, well, dad, I'm happy, you know, that you feel that way because, you know, I, and I actually, and then we got into the discussion, which I never thought we'd have right away, but, but he actually said, well, how would you feel if I ever met somebody else? And I said, well, I said, well, dad, if you, if down the line, if you met somebody and they made you happy, then. I would be happy for you. I wouldn't be like, oh my God, how could... You're not replacing my mother. You know, I would just simply say, hey, if she makes you happy, then that's the bottom line because life is too fucking short and if anything, when my mother passing the way that she did and how quickly it happened and and I have to tell you folks, there's still some days that I still do not believe it and I'm still in shock sometimes and I, I miss her horribly and there's times I just bawl and I... I just miss talking to her because I used to talk to her like practically every day some way, whether it be text or phone or, um, you know, or, you know, whatever. But I'd be communicating with her somehow, practically every single day. And then on September 25th, it just stopped. And it's just been really, really hard. And I know it's been hard on him, my dad as well. And he's down in Texas now and he's hanging out with all his friends down there and he seems to be doing really good. And the weather is a hell of a lot better than it is here. And so it's just been really interesting to have that conversation with him. But I told him, I said, Dad, you know, the bottom line is that I just want you to be happy. And the running thing is that the very next day, um, I was listening to a book by Dick Van Dyke called Keep on Moving or, or Keep Moving or something. And it's basically talking about as you get older. And he's talking about and one of the things that he was in three relationships and the first one was like 33 years and 31 years and then he's in a new relationship right now. And he's 90 years old. And he married this woman. And he she's like 45, so half his age. And they've been together for like three years, married-wise. And then they probably were together for a year or two before they um, got married. And so he actually told his second wife, because he was so much older than his second wife, that he thought he would pass away first. And, and so they kept saying, well, I don't want you to you know, wait a week, a year. I don't want you to grieve for a long time. If you find somebody new then, and I'm gone, then I want you to be happy. So I thought it was really ironic that here I had that conversation with my father the night before. And then the very next day I hear it on this book on CD. So it was really, it was kind of like, whoa. And, uh, and he was basically saying that he said, you know, life is too short. You know, you can't waste a moment. And if you find love and it, you both are happy and you need to just move on and uh, and accept it. So it was just really amazing to hear this, um, you know, and that's what he talked about. And so I was just like, wow, you know, and I, I called my dad that night and I said, hey, dad, you won't believe it, but I listened to this book on CD and the the very topic that we talked about came up and he goes, wow, that was really interesting. So it's, it's just really amazing. And I just find it that if a 90-year-old man can... Fall in love with a forty-five-year-old woman, and and you know, you think that you know that's you know so many years in between. And I am like, you know, and then like the funny thing is that Dick Van Dyke in the whole book kept saying, "How about his brother would What do you two talk about? What do you talk about?'" And uh, and then they kept, he kept teasing Dick about, well, you know, when she was born, you were blah blah blah, and you, you know, and, and you know the age difference, so it was just kind of funny, but. Um, it was really, really good. And and Toppy, Toppy just wrote, um, all I know is Dick Van Dyke sounds great. I heard him on a podcast recently and he's still vigorous, sharp, and full of life. If you actually Google Dick Van Dyke dance or something, there's a, a dance that he did. He, and that's one thing he talked about is he goes, if you listen to music and it makes you move, just get up and move. And like he said about his wife and she was doing, uh, this belly dancing course and they had a uh, uh, they were doing a show and, and she's up there dancing and he got up and he's doing, you know, so he was doing it. So it was just, you know, I think we all should be living life like that. You know, we should be doing the best we can, you know, not wasting time, not, you know, being in coulda, woulda, shoulda land. You just need to focus on the now. You need to take life and grab it and hold on to it and don't let go. You know, because like, for example, like with Roger, you know, the other day I posted this picture two years ago of us sitting on the couch at his house and I'm you know we're sitting there and I got this big shitty screen on my face and I'm like so freaking happy and uh, and I just saw that photo and I'm like wow I cannot believe it's been over two years and so it's just been amazing and then the funny thing is that one friend of Roger's today on Facebook you know commented on the photo and I shared it again I said I can't believe this has been two years ago and um, and she wrote wow I can't believe it's been two years and I said yeah, it says it's been two years, three months. Um, uh, oh, wait, I'm sorry. Two years, three months, 12 hours, 22 minutes. Not that I'm counting, you know, ha, ha, ha. And she thought it was funny. So um, so it was just, it, it's really like, I can't tell you. If you would have told me two and a half years ago, oh, you're going to meet this guy and you're going to move in together and you're going to be getting married. I'd have been like, psh, 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 sure, sure. But I have to tell you, folks, I'm very, very happy that that we are. So yeah, yeah, ooh, yeah. So the key thing is, that if you're out there and you're listening, and there's anything in your life, I don't care what it is, if you want to lose weight, if you want to go to school, you want to get a better job, you want to find that love, you want to get whatever it is that you want to go and get and do or whatever, do it. You know, start right now. As soon as you hear this, just stop what you're doing. Say, what the fuck do I need to do? to get that and the thing is that if you start putting your mind to it you write it down you make a list whatever it is no matter what the difficulty there's going to be a way that you're going to be able to reach it and you'll be able to exceed it because again i never thought that i would be where i am right now you know and the same thing like financially like years ago after my first ex i broke up with we broke up with him and I broke up with him. It's not a we. It's not like, yeah, have So what happened was I was stuck with debt. I was like credit card debt. He left me with a bunch of stuff. I was starting a new job. I was freaking out. I had this house all by myself. I was like, what am I going to do? How am I going to do it? And I was at like, one point, I was like scared to death that I would never be able to get out of the debt. I would never be able to turn it around. And I have to tell you that the minute I saw the problem, And I realized what I had to do. And I got the education I needed to take care of it. And then I went gangbusters at this job that I had at the time. And I took all the money that I made in commission and I put it all in the, the bank account. And I said, okay, this is for me. And this is for the bills. And I just slowly knocked each one of those out. And right now folks, the only debt I have right now is I owe on my vehicle. And that's in the whatever I do charge on the credit cards, which is very minimal. I pay it off every single month. And if I showed you what my I don't know what my credit score or FICO score was back then. But if you saw what my FICO score is right now, you'd be like, holy cow. And so it's just been amazing how that time period from, you know, this is like we're talking about like 15 years, folks. So um, It's just been amazing how i really worked my butt off so i'm just telling you that if there's anything that you set your mind to you can do it and give you another example is like when i was still in the service which i got out in 2002 and i didn't do a damn thing as far as exercise i maybe did a walk a little bit here and there but that was it but ever since then i've been walking like a crazy person i'm doing mini marathons now i did the hustle up the hancock three times now so you know there's all these things that i never thought i would do that i'm doing and the same thing is with this podcast i never honestly thought it would be the way that it was i never thought i would meet all these amazing people i never thought i'd be able to travel for this show. i never thought that if i went to any state in the united states right now more than likely there's probably a listener or a podcaster that i could see and meet and hang out and you know do things like at pride 48 in vegas and you know i mean all this stuff so you know, you know, just think about all those things you could potentially do. And I just think that you can do it. And it's just been amazing. So, I don't know. I just, I just blah, blah, blah. Okay. So, um, oh, Toppy said, I, I had the similar journey through debt, Tom. I try not to make, take it for granted that I'm not in debt anymore. See, yeah, Toppy, see you, I know you talked about it a lot on your show and it takes a lot of work and it's not easy. It's just like losing weight. You you're not gonna you can't lose the weight like magic. You know it didn't it didn't take uh, two seconds for you to gain all that weight, and it's not going to take you just a few seconds to lose it. So the key thing is that. And I was listening to um, another book on C by Shonda Rhimes, and she's the one who's behind the the show Scandal and uh, Grey's Anatomy and um, oh how how to get away with murder and all this stuff. But she wrote this one thing, and it was very, very powerful because years ago, I think it was 2014 to 2015, she lost over 100 pounds. And she says, and one thing that really hit home for me is, and it really was like, whoa, you know, kind of woke me up a little bit, was, you know, you can always go on and on about all the excuses about, oh, I didn't, I didn't work out today because blah, blah, blah. Or I ate that... Cheeseburger and fries and stuff because of blah blah blah. And you know, you can fill a room with excuses. But the thing that really floored me is that she said, you know what? If you are overweight and you're happy with who you are, then that's fine. You know, I applaud you. You you should have the self-esteem. You should be proud of yourself. But the thing is, if you're not, then I don't want to hear any bullshit. I don't want to hear the excuses well, I blah blah blah. And you know, and she just said, if you then so if you eat that cheeseburger and you're complaining about your weight, then you just need to shut the fuck up and go, okay, I don't really care about my weight. I'm gonna continue being overweight and I'm gonna eat this cheeseburger because you're making that choice. And I thought that was very powerful words. And so basically what she said is your choices make your path that you're gonna go to. So if you're going on and on about how you wanna lose weight, but then you're still eating the fast food, you're having a gallon of ice cream every night, then, then you're going to have a problem, you know? And so I just thought that was very powerful. And, um, I thought that was really, really good. So it's really making me think about, okay, what, what am I doing to help lose weight? If that's my goal and, you know, how am I getting to that point? So, and you know how we all have those days where like, oh my God, I'm so tired. I don't want to make anything. Let's go to McDonald's. And, uh, so you know what happens, but the thing is that you got to make sure it doesn't happen all the time. So, burp. Okay, good. Okay. Like, so we got four more minutes. Oh my god, we're almost done. Oh my god, Toppy, we're almost done. We're almost done. Oh my god, oh my god, oh my god, oh my god, we're almost done. Done, no, no, done, no, no, done, no, no, done, no, no. done, done, done. Okay. So you're the man, Toppy. Okay, Toppy, 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 Toppy's So anyway, so it's just been the last few weeks have been rather uh, interesting. And I've been really, really trying to concentrate on making me a better me, and uh, and I'm really one of the goals. I'm trying to read more. I'm trying to listen to more books on tape, you know. And see, that's what the thing is, when I'm on the road, I'm on the road basically from eight a.m. until four o'clock in the afternoon. So when I'm going back and forth from my accounts, I have all these hours and hours of drive time. So I could be listening to podcasts, which I do. Um, but the thing is, I'm trying to also make sure that I use the time to benefit me. So like getting books on tape, i um, getting like sales motivation kind of things. And so I really think it's important to try to maximize the time. Like Toppy, you know, he does his job and he's, you know, cleaning and doing all this stuff. So, so podcast is a great thing for him because it keeps him busy and he's able to do his job and he's, he's lucky enough to be able to, you know, be able to do that. A lot of jobs, you can't, you got to be focused on the job and he's able to do both and so i think that's cool so that's one of the things i I do love about my job is that i have the flexibility i can pretty much dictate where i'm going to go you know and hopefully you know the the counts are there that i can keep busy and doing my job but then on occasion when i'm driving an hour you know i'm making sure that i take the time to you know use it productively that's all so I need to drink, I'm so thirsty. I didn't drink my soda for always. So anyway, um Toppy says you Tom, you've always been an inspiration to me. And I've gone along as you I've gone along with you on your journey, and you've always been a force of positive thinking. Thank you, Toppy. That's really sweet. I love you, man. I love you. Oh great. Um, I'm sure that David that Blue Jeez posted something probably mean, and I can't I can't uh, open it, so I don't know what it is. So I popped it up, and it still won't work. So, David, I don't know what you posted, but it was probably vulgar. But, um, but, see, well, see, Toppy, I just want to say that, see, sometimes, you know, on the show, I can be all this, you know, you know, positivity. But there's some times, Toby, that I have to admit that I have been a little bit on the negative side. And so Roger and my mom and other people say, why are you going to be so negative? And I'm like, well, I'm positive it's going to suck. Okay. And so they would laugh and look at me and go, ah. Okay. So anyway, so that's what would happen. So, you know, I'm trying to be more positive. But, you know, there are some days, you know, and the other thing I find really interesting, I know I have one minute left and I'll say this one quote and then I'll leave. But the one thing I find really fascinating is that when I'm talking to friends and family and stuff, and they're talking to me about their problems, and I, was, and I would give them advice, and I would go, blah, 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 you should do this, and you should do this, and you should do this, and then the thing that really floors me is that when I'm having the problem, you know, and I pretty much think I know the answer, like, well, if I'm having a problem with work, then I should find another job. If I find another job, then I have to get a new resume, you know, blah, blah, and so you think about all the things you got to do, but the thing is that sometimes when you're Getting, giving that advice, sometimes you don't want to listen to it. And so what I'm doing now is I'm listening to it now. I'm listening to myself and I'm trying not to be negative because you know what you think about, about yourself, your friends, your family is, you know, you want it to be more positive. So and that's another thing that Dick Van Dyke said. He said, be more positive, be more positive, be more positive. So, okay. I'm going to go and say goodbye. Oh my God. The death clock is back. And, uh, top, and Good Humor Prince says, you're done. Wrap it up, buddy. Get out of there. Okay. So I'm going to go and say goodbye for now because David, that blue jean guy, will be coming up next to entertain you. (laughs) Yeah, I know. It's like paint drying. Okay, I'm sorry, but it's true. It's time. Okay, so anyway, I love you all. I love you all. (laughs) You take care. Go to RambleRedHead.com. Leave a comment. Call my number. 574-807-9171. You can send me an email at RambleRedHead. You can add me as a friend on Facebook, on Twitter, under RambleRedHead. And all that good stuff. And i love to hear from you. And don't forget to come back next Tuesday, 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And hopefully I'll have a guest soon. And I'll talk to you later. And I love you. And remember, a crazy redhead from Indiana. Watch Okay, goodbye. And now, the soothing, paint-drying moments with David.